off, we're gonna tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a Cause I'm a freak, baby. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Welcome to Two Daydream Believers Podcast. I am your host, Base Servant 18. Tonight we have a special um, podcast. We are doing Funk and Journey to Regionals tonight, but we're also we'll be also doing a season wrap up. And my guest tonight with me is Allie Ann. Hi. All right. So let's jump right in and let's talk about funk a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to start? Um, well, I don't know, there's, there's not that much Kurt in, in funk, um, it's mostly background, but, um, yeah, I don't know, um, I think what, what's interesting about the episode is that, uh, Kurt's the one to tell Shu about why all the Cheerios are so upset when Sue doesn't get out of bed anymore. Anyway, okay, so you were, we're talking about um, uh, uh, Kurt explaining to Shu the importance of the Cheerios. Yeah. I think that's pretty much everything he does in the episode. <laughs> yeah, there, it's mostly background moments, and, and uh, like, he plays depressed well during everybody's, you know, in a funky... In, their, in a funk. Yeah. And he's been so depressed that he's, he wore the same outfit twice, which isn't shown in the episode, but... Yeah, but it's his best line, I think. Yep. And then, uh, did you notice? I've always wanted to talk to somebody about this. His uh, makeup is really pale in these last couple of episodes, and I it's always stood out. I'm like, why are they putting so much white makeup on him? Yeah, I noticed that. It's really strange because I think it's only in, in uh, Funk and, and the last episode but he looks really, he looks almost sick yeah, I don't really understand the reason for that but it's there, so if anybody has any commentary on that um, the other thing I wanted to mention about Funk was, though was um, Kurt being showcased in the Cheerio Nationals he said, he, what did he do, a 19 minute uh, Celine Dion medley in French? Hey, yes and that's pretty impressive. I mean, why didn't that go on the Yada <laughs> application? <laughs> that would have been great in the episode, but yeah. I mean, yeah. at least he he got a solo somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no. This episode is dedicated mostly to Will trying to fake out hitting on Sue, and Quinn's really odd uh, rendition of "It's a Man's Man." world yeah. where they're all pregnant women dancing around 
this episode is strange. <laughs> it's weird, yes. And and I mean, Shu is uh, impossible in that episode. I really, I, I hate that. What he's doing to Sue. I mean, I don't like Sue, but that was um, a bit much. Yeah, it was a little on the mean side. Yeah, and I don't know. It's a weird um, episode. Oh. But yeah. Um, the other really cute little moment, though, I'd like to mention is um, all the guy when when Rachel is egged and all the guys are like, "Let's go!" You know, beat up Jesse, and, and Kurt stands up to do it as with them. But then Will is like, "Sit down!" and he screws <laughs> off to sit down first. And that's that's kind of cute. Also, that he gets up with them because uh, I think it's Puck. He 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 calls on all the boys like, uh, "Let's go!" and and. Uh, uh, let's go to vocal adrenaline. And he doesn't even mention Kurt, but Kurt still gets up and, and wants to go with them. But yeah, he just mm-hmm. sits down again immediately. <laughs> Kurt's more of a passive person anyway. <laughs> All right. And then we have Journey, which is probably even less Kurt in it. Um I mean, Kurt's storyline was really wrapped up in theatricality, so it's not... Um, it's not a surprise he's not in these very much, but yeah, yeah, mostly more background moments. Um, yeah, not really anything until I mean, there's these the sweet little moments with Mercedes throughout where he holds her hand a couple times and they are cuddled together and it's very sweet. Yeah, but it's all in the background. He mostly just looks really sad. Yep. And then um, his one line um, with uh, To Sir With Love, um, which is, I wasn't honest about who I was. And that kind of being the culmination of his entire arc for the, the season. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I don't know if that's its only line, but it's the only thing that stands out. And it's... Yeah, I never thought about it. I'm looking through my notes, and I'm like, I don't know if he really says much else in this entire episode. I don't have anything else in my notes. I'm not sure, really. But, yeah. yeah he say, I, I don't know. But, yeah. Singing Journey. But that's pretty much it. And I like the little moment at the end, though, with um, when he grabs both Quinn and Mercedes' hands. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But I think he also repeats an outfit in that episode. <laughs> At least I have that in my notes. Oh. Uh, I think the last outfit is the same one he wears at the beginning. And it's after the competition, so it has to be a different day. I don't know. Interesting. I'll have to go back and look for that. It's not a Kurt thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess going into the... I mean, because that kind of wraps up those two episodes, which... Kurt is barely in, so going into kind of uh, talking about season one as a whole, and um, kind of how go, starting with um, how Kurt was originally a character who was not even originally conceived in this show, yeah. um, and he became one of the major characters, even of season one. Yeah, that's interesting, because I think at the beginning, the first few episodes, um, especially his, his, his gayness is very much a punchline and treated mm-hmm. as a punchline and it's I think it's 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 really only in the maybe not back half but definitely later episodes that it's treated differently. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what do you think, what do you personally think, um, a made character, oh gosh, I can't talk today, uh, made Kurt such a, such a special character? It's a good question, but I think even when, when he's not a main character in the beginning, he's already kind of a scene stealer, like, he definitely pulls focus, like, even when he has nothing to do, you just kind of see him, and, and I think they just use that later on. Absolutely. I mean, like, uh, some of the, the podcasts where, where Kurt's not in the the episodes as much, we always talk about these the background moments and how he's doing really funny things in the background or making, just hitting those one-liners really well. Yeah. And um, it's kind of fun to look for him even when, you know, the, the main plot lines of Will and Terry or Finn and Rachel or whatnot kind of, to me anyway, get tedious after a while. Yeah. And to to uh, latch on to this kid who's just being adorable in the background and being really funny and doing very interesting things and, as you said, um, scene-stealing all the time, yeah. I can see why that'd be one of the reasons to pull him forward. And he has some great lines, even in, is it the second episode or uh, when he tells Mercedes... You look like a Technicolor zebra. Yep. It's just—it's one of the best lines in, in the entire show, and and he's not even a main character, but he always has those little background scenes. Yep, yep. Um, and you know, and I think what else? I, I I have to wonder, going in a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, we all know that Ryan Murphy um had some personal attachment, uh, just because he wrote a lot of his own young life in Kurt. And I'm guessing that was part of it. I, I would like to think, um, I, I don't know, I was not in fandom during season one, but I, I believe Kurt became a, a rather favorite character right off the bat. Yeah, I think so. And that helped elevate him. Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't really in fandom in season one, but yeah, I think so. And I think it's... it's uh, storyline but it's it's also just the character like what what he does in the background really um but and it's interesting because um you know in the in season one um we have kind of Kurt Mercedes Tina and Artie are all really at the same level and I think that especially in in the front 13 they they make it a point to kind of give each of them a little bit of a chance at the spotlight or they they feature them about equally and yet Kurt pulls away rather quickly in the back nine as and elevated as a major character whereas Mercedes Tina and Artie aren't um do you have any thoughts on that I don't know I've been thinking about that a lot and I don't I don't know is it just because he's so different because it's something new because I've always wondered about that. Yeah, I don't know if I have a clear answer myself other than I I mean I I think Kurt personally is much more interesting than Tina or Artie, which I'm sorry because I know there are a lot of Tina fans out there. I don't know about Artie fans. <laughs> um so it's sad to me that Mercedes never really got elevated. Um, out of minor character mode, and I, I thought there's a lot of potential more um, to talk about her kind of character. Though I have to wonder, you know, the, the writers are all male, and 
Um, I, I wonder if that's why uh, they they drifted towards writing more for Kurt. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But Mercedes would have been interesting, definitely. And and she gets all those uh, scenes with Kurt in, in season one, but I think it... I don't, I don't know. I think it's already less in season two. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure anymore. But yeah, she would have been interesting, too. And, and Artie, I don't know. But I, don't, I, I personally, I would have liked to see more of Tina as well, but yeah. Yeah, I I feel always feel so bad for Tina and Tina fans because they got the short end of the stick. Definitely. They could have done some really great stuff with Tina too, and they and they just kept throwing weird crap at her because I don't think they ever really <laughs> knew what they wanted to do with her. Aww. Yeah, and and she has, I mean, her, her character isn't very consistent throughout the show. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know, season five Tina is is a completely different character from season one Tina. <laughs> Yeah, but weird. Um, as a, I'm gonna, I'll probably edit this little comment out real quick. Um, your, I like your note about Kurt standing up for people. I'm gonna throw that in with the friendship stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it makes more sense there. And but anyway, yeah. all right, and edit here. No. Yeah. All right, so um, getting into to Kurt and his friendships. Um, let's talk about Kurt Sadie's for a second and. The this really really wonderful relationship that got to develop over the course of the season, and just um, I don't know. I think you know she started as a a really good first friend, as a really kind soul, and a person who can you know help him out of the closet and help boost his confidence, and she and he boosts her confidence, yeah. and they really just you know connect and rely on each other throughout this entire season. Yes, definitely, and and um, especially the the beginning when she. I mean, I I don't think she really has a crush on him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think she just really wants to have a crush on him. But, right. Um. I I think it's great how that doesn't really impact their friendship later at all. Like it's just they don't, just don't talk about it anymore. Oh no, and I I think you're right. I think it wasn't necessarily a crush. It was I'm lonely. Here's a person who enjoys my company. Maybe that should be a romantic relationship, but yeah. um doesn't work that way. But at the same time, I think Mercedes and possibly Kurt learned that it's, you know, you can have a friend who is of the opposite sex and it can be just a friendship. Yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing is that they're kind of always in each other's corner and um, I guess I don't really want to get too much into season two stuff, but it, it's nice that you, throughout this entire season, it just they only grow closer together, and and really you can see how much they've bonded yeah. as friends. Exactly, and and um, I mean it, the first few episodes, I think it's it's still it's supposed to be funny because Kurt is so obviously gay, and and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be funny, but. What they make of it later is is really great because well they they, they they I don't know I mean yeah I don't want to get into season two but um I mean they stay friends throughout mm-hmm. the later seasons too and and I just really like that I think we can um say <coughs> I'm sorry <coughs> I think we can uh, say that. Despite what happens 
or between the two of them um, later on in the series, there is that foundation of a, a really good friend. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, you go off and you kind of live your life and you meet new friends and you, you know, get significant others and go to different schools. But you have that one person who you know, you can always just connect back with and, and, you know, you see them again and it's like old times and yep. you're still close in that respect. And I think Mercedes and Kurt have that kind of friendship. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I mean, they, they even live in different cities, don't they? And it's, it's, it's nice. And, um, I think she's a very good first friend for him to have. And, and he's a very good first friend for her because I don't think she had friends before either. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Do we ever? I don't think so. I mean, she's got her her church support and her her parents. Yeah, but um, but I'm thinking about 2009, and I don't know if um, I don't think she necessarily does. I I don't know. I don't remember her mentioning any other friends, but hmm, I haven't I haven't really watched for it either. But yeah, they they're, they're just good first friends for each other. <laughs> And, you know, and it's like a lot of, a lot of Kurt's, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm just thinking of Rachel at this point, but, you know, Mercedes remains somebody who is nice and warm and welcoming, and it's such a contrast to what Hummelberry is, um, that I'm glad Kurt has, you know, he kind of gets this with Elliot, too, in, in terms of friendship, where it's somebody who's very supportive and very kind and not really, like, a competitiveness to it. Yeah. And I, I think we need friends like that who are just, you know, you could rely on them for anything. And Yeah. You know. It's very, very different to Hummelberry. I mean, I, I like uh, his friendship with Rachel, too, but it's it's completely different. So, um, okay, going on to Hummelberry... Um, it's, you know, a lot of people criticize Kurt for being so negative towards her in hairography. And really, watching the front 13, he just, like, gives her zingers everywhere. He throws yeah. her under the bus constantly. <laughs> oh, my God. He's kind of ruthless. But at the same time, there is, you can start to see the little bit of foundation to what makes their friendship. They have this competitive spirit, but at the same time, it kind of helps them challenge each other. And I think that is a huge thing. But I also think that they both have the ability to kind of not, or how do I put this? They have the ability to kind of tear down each other's walls and Mm -hmm. just kind of get to the truth and to the heart of things. And that when it, when they get to be friends is is valuable to both of them that they can have somebody that's not going to just placate them or um tell them what they want to hear but will like express you know yeah. hey this is what's really going on i mean they definitely can expect honesty from each other yes and okay i mean kurt isn't very nice to her in hierography but when you think about it rachel isn't very nice to him either all the time i mean she she goes out and and and, and looks for a male lead for 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 the glee club i mean there are guys in glee club before finn joins she mm-hmm. never even considers them as as the uh, male leads there's this um right. one scene is it when jesse joins when um finn tells jesse um frankly i need you because i'm, ca- I'm tired of carrying the male vocals all by myself <laughs> Well, are you carrying the male vocals by yourself? Like there, there are guys in Glee Club, and 
just so um yeah. I can I can definitely understand why people would feel the need sometimes to maybe mm, be less nice to Rachel but I mean I like Rachel but yeah I can understand that impulse <laughs> <laughs> yep and you know there's I think that they even in season one recognize that there are similarities between the two of them. Um, they both have kind of a competitive nature. They both have this a driving ambition. I think the one big difference is that Kurt has more empathy, where Rachel has more strive for her ambition. She's going to go out and and she's going to go get it, no matter what. Whereas Kurt will probably be held back by his. Like, for example, um, blowing the note so that his dad, yeah. you know, would feel better. Um, but they do kind of strive for the same things, and I do think that they probably recognize that with each other even early on. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, okay. I just remembered something about Mercedes that I completely forgot to mention, but I will get to that in a second. We'll finish up the Hallberry stuff. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I'm doing things out of order. Um, okay, so um, interesting about Rachel. I don't know if you noticed this in your rewatch. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think they had very much interaction in the back nine because um, they have all of this, you know, competitiveness within the, the first 13 episodes. But once it, after Hello, that kind of cools and they don't really have any kind of interaction until season two. Yeah, that's right. I'm just looking through my notes, but... No, I think it's mostly the back nine. It's mostly, I don't know. There's all the Jesse stuff, and and mm-hmm. there's not not that much Kurt at all. But interesting. Yeah. I wonder. I I wonder why the writers decided to do that. That's an interesting thought. Um. Well. Uh, anyway, speaking of um not being really seen, something I wanted to to make a comment about Mercedes. Um, I think the one thing that I think is unfortunate because you see them pretty close and pretty bonded throughout this season and he's there for a lot of her storylines but he she is missing from his relatively two big storylines and the stuff with his dad and the stuff with uh, Finn and I, I think it's interesting that they decided I mean she's not even there as a supportive figure most of the time um, she's not involved at all in those two storylines and I wondered why the writers decided to do that to make Kurt feel more isolated or I, I don't even know. Oh, I, I've never even thought about that, but it's right. Yes. Like, yeah, she's, uh, she's just not there at all. Is she? No, not really. I mean, there's not even like a, he doesn't really have anybody to talk to about either of those things. And it's like, well, Mercedes is right there. You could have conversations with Mercedes, but usually when he gets a plot line um, that has to do with his dad or has to do with Finn, they throw her in another plot line so that they don't mix. Yeah, they don't interact at all. And, I mean, she's supposed to be his best friend at that point, so that's mm-hmm. definitely a bit weird. But also, I, I never really noticed that before, so <laughs> it's obviously well written, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. I guess the only thing I can really think of is that um, they wanted Kurt to feel more isolated or on his own with these particular um, subjects. Yeah, and make it seem like he really doesn't have anyone to talk to. 
Right. And even when he's uh, looking for a girlfriend to convince his dad that he's not gay, he goes to Brittany and... Uh... Right. Well, at the same time, I'm sure Mercedes has been over at the house enough times yeah, that right. his dad not buy that. And he probably doesn't want to use her that way, so, yeah, it depends. Right. But still, I mean, she she would have been right there. Yeah. That's a good point. And she already wanted to date him, but okay. Um, <laughs> Brittany definitely worked <laughs> I was going to say, Brittany did offer, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. She did, yeah. <laughs> she wanted him for his, her collection. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a great scene. It's really, I, I love that basement scene with them. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. <sighs> okay, um, so the other thing is that I don't... Um, I mean, I know you just rewatched it, so maybe you, you have a little bit of a fresher take on this. I, it's hard to tell where Kurt it stands with the rest of the Glee Club. Um, I, I do like your your commentary on um, on how he he sticks up for a lot of people in the club and and that he does yeah. um, try to help people when they can. But it's interesting to look at the other people. I, I do see kind of a friendship with Tina, yeah, um, but not necessarily anybody else. I don't know. There's always this one group of people that's shown together. It's usually Kurt with um, Mercedes and Artie and Tina. Mm. Um, there's this one scene where they're all uh, on the phone together. Mm-hmm. I think that he's he's walking. Yeah, probably the sectional scene. Yeah, but I think most of the time he's pretty much by himself. Or and, the and he has these, these moments where he... Uh, stands up for other people like with a Dakota Stanley scene where he tells him you can't just kick people out because you don't like how they look or mm. he's the one who tells the girls that the guys all took something in vitamin D episode mm-hmm. he takes the slushy for Finn right um, well, and, he, and I'm so glad that you mentioned all of these little moments because a lot of times season one Kurt gets dumped on somewhat understandably about being kind of manipulative or cold or closed off or, and, and he is some of those things, but at the same time, I think you can see that he does have a big heart. I mean, he does these little moments of, you know, yeah. uh, caring for other people. He sticks up for Tina and theatricality. Um, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and I, I think he, you know, he, he's, would be, you know, a, a good person who would stick up for his friends type thing. Yeah, I mean, even for Sue, I mean, Sue has has really been less than nice to them, and uh, still when she feels bad, when when she insults her hair, and, and he and Mercedes give her a makeover and make the Vogue video with her, and, and mm-hmm. he didn't yep. have to do that. No, and I think that's the beginning of this special, like, strange Sue-Cart um, friendship weird but it's kind of there throughout the whole series yeah it is she likes him yeah and it's never really it's never really explained why because she also doesn't like him i think (laughs) she makes fun of him but she makes fun of everyone i think she doesn't like anyone really right um no, she, yeah, that's true. And I think there are smaller things. I think, it, it, you know, if you watch, there are... It, Kurt and Brittany, for example, yeah, they have laryngitis um, yeah. with that whole thing, but there are little moments where they're kind of fooling around with each other during songs. And I like to think that, you know, there's a, a small little friendship there. I mean, she was there with the Preggers video 
um, or the single ladies um, video, and um, and then of course Kurt and Finn, which we can we'll get to in a minute. But that whole crush, the whole crush thing, kind of uh, that just seems like an indifferent category. But yeah. Um, but with the, uh, it makes more sense also. Um, that his more of his friendships are with the girls and with the guys because the guys, you know, Puck was still throwing him in dumpsters and um, so there's that. But then there's also he he relates more to the girls and their interests yeah. and um, so it makes sense that he would kind of feel more comfortable with them. So that you know he does make better friendships with the girls than he does. I, I don't really except for Finn, which is a, a special case. Yeah. I, I don't see him being even with Artie really being that close to any of the guys. No, he's always in the same group with Artie. Like when when they're in, in, in groups talking, he's always in the same group with Artie but he never talks to him. Right. Right. Um so did you I think this is a good time, um, if you wanted to talk about <laughs> Kurt and his opinion of Mr. Shu. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean he has that, that line in, in um, Journey to Regionals where he tells him, I wasn't honest about who I was, but everyone says nice things. So it's not like he's not going out of his way to be nice to him. It's just everyone's going around and saying nice things. But mm. most of the time, I think, I don't know, there's a lot of eye rolling going on. and Yes. Uh, oh, I've noticed it too. It, it's in, you know, uh, in later episodes, when Kurt says, like, you know, I, that, like, in that video for Will in season five, you know, I, and it says nice things about Will, and I have, I mean, I can understand the fact that Glee Club was created, and that saved Kurt's life, and he's always grateful for that. I understand that, but other than that, <laughs> during this entire season, anytime, you know, something is going on, uh, Kurt is in the background, rolling his eyes, yeah. looking annoyed, not being thrilled, and just, you know, <laughs> it, not it's, it's understandable, because there's so many things, like, um, in the Madonna episode, when uh, Kurt is, he's very excited, and he's uh, telling, uh, he's telling them he wants to make his, his, his video with Mercedes, and, and uh, Shu kind of, I don't know, he's like, okay, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's very whatever. And 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 other times uh, when when Kurt wears the flannel and 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 sings uh, the Mellencamp song and and suddenly she was like, you can do things no one else can do, and like he's just noticing that. Then yeah, what is it? Was that laryngitis? And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> why have you never put that to use, then, Will? Jeez, <laughs> it's it's such a funny scene because the entire season. Kurt has nothing to do, and he's really he's put in the background and like stay there, and so nobody can see you. And then he dresses differently and sings a different song, and she was like, "Wait, <laughs> <laughs> something is going on here." <laughs> yeah, I like. There's a moment in the one of the early episodes where Will is trying to teach, I think, the girls how to dance, and having the boys off to doing nothing, and and. Kurt's on his phone, and Will's like, what's going on? And Kurt's just like, funny YouTube video. But the fact that he's, like, not paying attention at all. <laughs> and, oh, there's also the, um, 
I am blanking. If this is a season two moment, I'm so sorry. But um, when um, Will is putting up a bunch of like posters or whatever, and Kurt's like, "Why is uh, lightning in in uh, competition with an underground pool?" I, I think it's season one. I think I I don't know which episode, but yeah, I think it's season one. <laughs> and and just that like disdain that like, what the frick does this even mean? <laughs> And there's a lot of those episodes. And every time, every time Shu starts rapping, I think Kurt is like the entire audience. <laughs> yeah, like, what? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's something I'm going to try and keep a, a um, eye out for as we go on through the seasons. Because, um, just because I just don't... Sometimes Glee does this, where they, they keep telling a thing, and yet they show something completely different. And this is one of those things, uh, the, uh, Kurt's opinion of, of Mr. Shu, and it just, it not being very high. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very much in the background all the time, but it's, it's really funny if you, if you look for it, because it's there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right, so kind of moving on into the... um, Oh, before we get to that, um, one last quick thing uh, I wanted to mention was um, they give Kurt a lot of the exposition to set up a story. And I kind of think it's fascinating that they always do... I'm thinking about the yearbook stuff in um, Mm -hmm. in hierography... Oh, wait, no, wait, what is that? Mattress? Yeah. Um, how he's always talking about like his knowledge of vocal adrenaline, and I think it's kind of cool because it shows that Kurt is very knowledgeable about things. That's right; he knows everything. Like vocal adrenaline, uh, their the, their motto on the the Gould statue. What was it? <laughs> oh, talk about another moment. Um, that's in Funko, right? When she was like, "Let's steal their mascot." <laughs> First of all, why is a teacher even condoning this? But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and 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 Kurt's like it's like ten tons and yeah. just so like done. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So moving on to some of uh, Kurt's bigger plot lines. Um, the first really huge one is Kurt's and his relationship with his father, and kind of how we get to see that grow um, during the whole season. Yeah, that's what's. Bert's first episode? I don't know. It's Bert's first episode is Preggers. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah, that's that's I mean, it's obviously one of the best things we ever did, but mm-hmm. it's just it's great because um I think it's it's quite at the beginning, uh um when Kurt uh, comes out to his dad and, and Bert says, um, I'm not in love with the idea but mm-hmm. when you watch him in later seasons, I mean, he performs the wedding, and he's right. really a bigger fan of the idea at that point. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think it's really kind of fascinating to see, here is this, this, this kid and his dad, the mom died, so you can see that while they've kind of bonded through that experience, they're still, they don't get each other on a lot of levels. And, you know, Kurt's really scared that if he comes out, he's going to lose his dad. And, yeah, Bert's, I like that they made Bert not totally on board with the idea at first, that he still has to work through it. And the whole season, there's just these little moments, and and especially when it goes through home and laryngitis and theatricality, um, 
where the whole storyline kind of all connects, and at the end where Bert's, you know, yelling at Finn, mm-hmm. and it's really a lot of a, a lot of talk to himself too about how he's had to learn how to accept, you know, his son and homosexuality and. And he's made all of this progress. And, I, I, I mean, I still think there's, you know, growing. I do think that it's a while, uh, you know, going through season two and, and all the stuff that Kurt and Bert go through um, eventually leads up to you, that kind of stuff at the wedding where he's, you know, officiating his son's wedding to another man. But the fact that they made them human characters and flawed and, and still having, you know, Bert doesn't start out wanting to, you know, raise the rainbow-colored flag and and whatnot. It it takes them some time to grow, but they bond so well over the course of the the show, and it's just an amazing thing to watch. It's really amazing, and and his initial reaction, I I really I really like that. I think it's a almost perfect way to react because he's he doesn't pretend that he's completely okay with it because he mm. isn't. He he needs time to 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 think about it and. Yeah, he says that, and I think that that's really great because um, well, they they know where they where they stand, and he he even he says like what what his problems are with it, like the things he dreamed of when Kurt was a baby, and it's not he he's not saying okay, uh, you know this is a deal breaker, I'm walking away now, but he's like okay, we're, we're going to work on this and. I like that. I really like that. I I also really like um, the fact that, you know, Bert loves his son and Kurt really loves his dad. And that kind of family love is the base of this entire relationship. And that kind of helps them through everything. That The fact that they genuinely care for each other so much. Um, to help them struggle because they are two very different people, but they have their own little their own little family. I love when Bert says in uh, laryngitis, you know, all we have is you know each other and a tire shop. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think it's just a, a fantastic little family unit unit there. Yeah, and I love that in in, in Bert's mind, it's never even an, an issue. Like um, he's he's kind of surprised when he learns that Kurt thinks that um, he doesn't love him, that mm-hmm. he's spending time with Finn because uh, Kurt's not enough for him and uh, because he never really... He didn't think, obviously, that that was something that Kurt could think. Like, for for him, that's not a question. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, yeah. Oh, shoot, I had a thought. It's gone. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> um... um Oh, well, poop. Maybe it'll come back later. Um, Alright, well, I guess moving on. Um, I also, I think this is a, it was a, something that I think resonated with, you know, families or, or with the audience so much is the fact that, you know, they did make them very real characters. And I like to think that this moment, um, you know, in Preggers especially, but this whole storyline kind of imprinted on on pop culture and society, yep. at least American society. I, I'm I'm not sure. I think I'm sure it's too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I shouldn't speak for the entire world here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
it just that, you know, up until this point, you know, we had, uh, we were starting to get gay stories in television, but, um, you know, a lot of times it was all negative things that happened when you came out. And here you get a, a positive one, and it's not perfectly positive. It's not, um, you know, yay, I'm so accepting, let's do this. It's, you know, kind of a, a realistic look on it, but a hopeful one. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really cool thing to have on television. It's really great. It's great that it's so, it's so, it feels real because, yeah, because Bert isn't really very enthusiastic in the beginning. <laughs> he needs time, mm -hmm. and he gets time, and it's, I like that they struggle. I like that you see them struggle because I think for most people it isn't like they come out and everything's perfect. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Bert's had how many years of... Um, it's one thing, like when you grow up when, you know, Bert's an older generation and, you know, gay is bad and that's, you know, wrong and, and you get told that when you're a kid and you have to really change your thinking and that's a hard thing to do and and Bert does and it's really kind of cool to see it is really cool to see yes and also that uh, at, at the same time he supports the son like uh, with a defying gravity solo he just he hears that uh, Shu didn't let him audition and he just drives down to the school and he talks to the principal I mean who does that yep exactly <laughs> I love that and he doesn't, doesn't um, actually understand it it's just It's unfair, so he talks about it. Right. And in that same episode, he's like, I, you know, what's, he asks what, what's wrong with Kurt, and Kurt's like, or he said, it's not about a guy, is it? Because <laughs> Bert's not ready to talk about that kind of thing. Um, so, and, and yet, even in season two, like, Kurt feels more comfortable talking to him about, you know, stuff that's going on with Blaine, so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bert and Kurt Hummel. Yeah what to strive for. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm kind of going on to our next topic. Um, Kurt, and this is kind of a big one, and a little bit vague on my part, but Kurt and sexuality, which is a huge thing. Yeah. And um, kind of how his sexuality and his self-identity are a little bit tied up in, in with one, one, one another. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think season one is interesting in that respect because Uh, it's not very, very clear yet. Um, I think a lot of it changes in season two, or maybe not changes, but becomes more concrete. Like I think season one is very abstract for him in, in a lot of uh, ways. His crush on Finn is very... I think he knows that he's never going to be with Finn. And so it's very abstract in a way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think he's still... I think with the the, the different uh, fashion statements and um, whatnot, he's still trying to figure out who he is. And, you know, he starts out the season, and I really love that they started out. They did not, like, drag this for, like, ten episodes, yeah. but they, they started out, he's, he, you know, I'm gay. But it's kind of like, okay, I'm gay, what does that mean to me? And kind of going through, I mean, you know... A little bits at a time, you know, d defining himself, you know, wh whether it be through music or like his his mentors, like even April, April Rhodes through Madonna, through uh, Beyonce, through Lady Gaga, um, and and just you know where does he fit in in this whole thing? And and he's 
figuring that out a lot. It, it's throughout the whole series, but a, a lot in season one. It's, it's why I think that there are so many contrasts in his character in season one. It's because he's still trying to figure out so much about himself. Yeah, and it makes sense in a way. He's very young, and, and even his clothes, I mean, changes almost. His, his style changes so much through the entire season. And But I think it makes sense because he is, he is very, very young in that season, so... Right. And he has it he's got a sense of confidence about like I think he knows that you know, he wants to be a performer and that you know he, that kind of thing, but it's still as you said, a little abstract, like what you know, what does it mean to be gay really to him? I mean mm -hmm. not just in general, but like to him what does you know, this label mean? Um but also just in a general like You know, what am I? Who am I? You yeah, know. and how does it all fit together? And, and right. Yeah. I think I think for the um, end, the end of the season, uh, the the back nine episodes, I think it's more um, a bit more clear already than in the first thirteen. Uh, But I mean, in terms of style, at least, and in terms of of who he is, and and. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely still a big difference to season two. Yep. Well, and he he does. I think he spends a lot of time learning to accept himself too. I, I mean, I think that uh, with theatricality, I think that's a big um, uh, theme anyway. That they're all kind of learning to accept each other for who they are. But I think it's a, a very like his line in Journey is, "I wasn't honest about who I was." Yeah. And that was his journey throughout the whole season is kind of, you know, learning who he was and, and accepting that that is who he is and that's okay. And learning that people aren't going to leave him, um, you know, if he, you know, presents himself the way he is. I mean, he's got Mercedes, he's got the Glee Club, he's got his dad, he's got this great foundation. And from that, he can um, leap off and do other things. I mean, that's it's the platform for which he goes off and, and the rest of the series is based on. Yeah, exactly. And there's uh, the that line, is it in, in Theatricality, where he says, I'm never going to change, I'm proud of who I am, mm -hmm. and the bullies yep. want to beat him up. Uh, I think it's yep. yeah, it's Theatricality. And I, 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 don't, I don't think he could have said that at the beginning of the season. No, because he's still letting them throw him in. So, you know, they're letting he's letting them throw him in dumpsters, and I think by the end of the season he would fight back. And you know, now that I think of it, um, connecting it to season two, because we all know where this is going, because he is such a much much stronger person by the end of season one. You know that he's able to stand up to Karofsky in season two, but that's why the whole thing just gets so much harder because he's not going to change to conform to other people. Yeah. And um, that makes the bullying so much worse in a way because he's, you know, he is who he is and he's not going to back down from that. And, you know, he's presenting himself and then Krafsky's going to knock that down and, and just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing that's all, that, that's all, uh, it starts in, in that episode with the costumes and with him saying, okay, I'm here, and, and this is who I am, and I'm not going to change. Right. Right. Um, okay, so 
Also, something that I personally noticed is the lack of a baby penguin in season one. Um, that that line in season two gets thrown out a lot, and yeah. I, I understand that for season two. But season one, Kurt is a very, I hesitate to say sexual. He's very definitely very sensual. I mean, we've got Push It. He's, like, gyrating everywhere. He's very physical with Finn during the crush. He, You know, I think that season one, Kurt, um, has this level of sensuality and sexuality to him. And I actually think, we'll get into the Finn crush in a second, but it's connected to that. And I think that as young Kurt is kind of growing to accept himself, he does kind of come out of his shell and, and as a sexual and sensual person. And that's shown quite a bit throughout season one. And I think it isn't until all of the stuff that happens with Finn and later in season two, Blaine, or not Blaine, um, Sam, mm-hmm. that he kind of retreats in himself. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably, I mean, he gets rejected a lot, which isn't, I mean, <laughs> it's not surprising with the, 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 the people he, he's crushing on because obviously they can't reciprocate, but yeah, he gets rejected a lot, and I think that does something to him. And I also think it's, in a way, I think it's also that he knows that it's not going to go anywhere. Like, he, I think he knows Finn isn't gay, and I think he, well, he thinks Sam is gay, okay. But I also really, again, I think it's very abstract for him. And it's, it, Push It, for example, is a performance. So I think on stage it's, it's different again. Right. That you can be okay when, you know, I'm thinking of four minutes and how um, we were just doing the Madonna podcast and, and talking about, you know, Kurt and Mercedes have this high level of confidence in this, you know, there's a, there is a bit of sensuality in that whole thing. Yeah. But Kurt is in a performance and he's safe doing that. It's Yeah, it's completely safe. Like, yeah. And, uh, um Okay, I mean, obviously in season two, Animal is also a performance, but Blaine is there, <laughs> so he wants to impress him. Yeah, um, and it's, it's oh, yeah, something quite a bit different, and I think Kirk can do things naturally when he's not thinking about it, and when he actually starts thinking about it and doubting himself, <laughs> that's when it starts to get really awkward. Yeah, he has, he, he can be really awkward when he, when he tries too hard. <laughs> kid. <laughs> well, he had, an, I mean, I guess jumping into the Finn crush, he really throws himself into that. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, he kind of crosses a lot of lines. <laughs> a lot of people think too far at points, but he's trying to test the waters, you know, holding on to this idea maybe that Finn might change his mind on this whole thing. Um, and, you know, is very touchy-feely or very uh, single-minded in, in his approach. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it kind of blows up in his face, but... <laughs> yeah, he's very naive. And, and what he says to Finn, um, what does he say? Something about nothing being impossible when it comes to love. It's like, right. well, yeah, okay, some things are still impossible, but he's like, what, 15? So he doesn't know that yet. And yep. Yeah. Um, well, and one big thing I'd like to to talk about with the Finn crush, and I feel like 
maybe it's just my little slice of the world that uh, that I feel like people miss it. Is Kurt is in you know he's got this hard outer shell. He's very uh, he's shielded in a lot of ways, um, but he's got kind of a gooey center. He is a romantic. Mm-hmm. He has these fantasies and these daydreams, and his like fantasy is that you know something will happen and that Finn will magically be gay too, and they can fall in love and have this happily ever after, you know, mm-hmm. romance. And that's why his head is in the clouds all the time. And I think that when I mean. Like, he, 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 look at the, in theatricality, look at this little love nest that he's built. I mean, oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that's, Kurt, it's like this whole, you know, it's a very romantic type thing. And that's what he, he wants. And um, when it blows up in his face, it does kind of, you know, have a, an effect. I mean, he he's not quick to do that kind of thing again. Mm-hmm. But I do think at his core, Kurt, Kurt has these uh, really sweet intentions and is a very romantic kid. He means so well. He, he he doesn't want to make Finn uncomfortable. He just really, I don't know, he, he doesn't, yeah, I think he doesn't think too much about it. No, that is one unfortunate thing about Kurt is that he does, uh, he gets, you know, focused on one thing. Yeah. And and he just holds on to that and he kind of disregards everything else. I mean, yeah, including reality. Uh, it's I, like it's almost tragic, but also yeah. yeah. I mean, it's meant to be funny, I, but yeah. He steams over Rachel. You know, I mean, part of that's the competitiveness too. But and then like um, poor Quinn. He actually inadvertently gets Quinn kicked out of her house. No, she was probably going to get kicked out anyway. Yeah. But. Um, have, Kurt having Finn go sing that song, knowing how that probably would work out. I don't, you know, <laughs> you just feel <laughs> bad about mean. it. I, he he had to have known, but I I yeah he, I don't think he wanted to get Quinn in trouble. He just no, uh, no, that was not what he wanted. He really just wanted you know them to break up. So <laughs> and okay, he didn't but, know her parents. He couldn't have known just right. Yeah, yeah. But even in home, um, yeah, just his, like, I'm going to get my parents together, so then we'll be stepbrothers, and, (laughs) I mean, it's some twisted thinking, kiddo, but. (laughs) Oh, but that was one thing I wanted, I I forgot to mention that in, um, with that whole storyline, everyone's so worried about Finn, and, and how he's adapting to those two families combining, and. In the end, you have Kurt standing outside the window, and 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 he's completely left out. Like everyone's just worried about Finn in that moment. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a and it, the way that they kind of weave in the Bert and Finn storylines together. I think is really cool. Um, uh, in that you know, Kurt is. Afraid of losing his dad, and his dad is the most important thing, and they're both struggling with the idea of his sexuality, yeah. and here's his crush, you know, the person that he's really head over heels with, and, um, you know, they're bonding, but he ends up being left out of it, yeah. and it's really sad. <laughs> it's really sad. It's, so sad. it's, I think, the same episode where uh, he... Tells Bert about the guy talk. He, he says, 
Yeah. He had to uh, hang out with Finn and, and, and the whole guy talk thing and Kurt's like, I'm a guy and in the end, it's again Bert and Finn watching TV and he's left out again and it's really sad, yeah. Hmm. But I do like in the end where, you know, because it goes through um, laryngitis where he kind of makes up with his dad and then it goes and it hits its head in theatricality in that scene in the basement and I think what kind of comes out of that is not only is his dad standing up for him, but Finn, I, I do give Finn some credit. I mean, he did not handle a lot of things right, but he's also a 16-year-old kid yeah, who... But um, I think that the fact that Kurt and Finn end up being brothers, and I do think that there are little seeds of that in season one, where I, I Finn is genuinely nice to Kurt. Yeah. Um, and... Um, and, oops, sorry, I'm trying to do, pull up something here on my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, there's that, his bro, like, he helps him with the football audition, he says really nice things about him, um, and there's just a lot of really, you know, nice things that, that Finn does throughout the season, and I like that it ends, you know, yeah, there's that blow up in the basement, but Finn learns something about himself and about, you know, his place too, and that by the end of theatricality, they've kind of gone into a brother um, yeah. type situation. And I, I really like. I, I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of Kurt and Finn as brothers because I really like that yeah. uh, relationship. I like that too, and I'm I'm really happy for Kurt in that moment because he, I think throughout the entire season he's trying so hard to to find a place where he really mm-hmm. belongs, like friends or even with his dad. And then with Finn, like, first as a crush and then as a brother. And, and I, I do think he finds something like that in the end. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, um... Oh, shoot, what was that thought? I'm like, why did... I'm like, I wrote something in my notes and I'm like, what did I want to say about that? <laughs> ah. Um, oh, if I remember, I'll go back. I, but I think mm-hmm. that kind of wraps up the Finn crush aspect of it. Okay, so um, you mentioned Kurt and gender in, in your note to me. And I, I okay, I'll have my thoughts on it. I'm not, I always feel like I'm not the best person to comment on this. Cause yeah. I, I identify as a woman I and I've, you know, identify with women culture. And I, I don't know if I can speak the best on this, but the thing that, I guess, from the outside, I I see kind of Kurt as originally being written as a kind of effeminate gay stereotype. There's a lot of effeminate gay stereotype uh, lines being thrown around really early in season one. And he breaks out of that, well, he's still effeminate, still does some of the stereotypical things, he's still singing girl songs, but at the same time, um, he is a fleshed out character and he's able to, you know, identify as male, but latches onto both genders and be okay with that. And uh, that is really kind of a cool thing and, and, and something to, that they, they kind of explore in the series. And mm-hmm. even though I can't really comment on that, cause I'm not entirely sure what to say about it, but it is there. And I do think it's relevant to mention. Yeah, I think so too. And I think one of the great things about Kurt is that he just 
simply doesn't care because he um I think that's in season one when uh, Mercedes asks, uh, is that a, a woman's sweater or something? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Kurt has a, a fashion has no gender. And, and I think he really believes that. And he he really just genuinely doesn't care. Yep. Yep. No, he doesn't. And he's going to be him. I mean, he's going to sing girl songs and he's going to side with the girls and talk fashion and... Um, and he still can identify as male, um, yeah. but that's that's cool. That's mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like that he takes both the, the masculine. That's what he says even in the theatricality when he ma makes that little love nest thing. He's like, I've taken both the masculine and feminine and, and yeah. combined them. Exactly. And um, yeah, that's that's a great thing about him. And and I think um, the first few episodes. Um, I think it was very much meant to be a joke because it was supposed to be funny that Mercedes has a crush on him, even though it's so obvious that he's well that he's not able to reciprocate. And and um, I think it was meant to be a joke, but they made more out of it. Right. And I, I'm going to give a shout out to Chris for doing that too, because I think that. It could have easily in in somebody in another actor's hands. It might have just stayed a joke. Yeah. Um, and um, he really added so much depth to Kurt that you you know he'll talk about knee length sweaters and it's funny, but it's not you know cardboard cutout stereotype. I mean, yeah, and you just kind of go with it. So I like that it's still it's still fun. Me, but but it's also more, and I like I really like that. And I also think uh, Kurt and Gender, there are a lot of times in, in in season one even when when they split up the groups and he um, wants to sing with the girls and I. I really think he he wants to sing with the girls because they are his friends, they like right. him and and he knows them and he feels comfortable with them and I don't really think that has much to do with gender. It's they're just his friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I do agree. I think, well, and I, bringing it to gender, they have more things, like they're going to talk about um, fashion and celebrities and makeup and, and stuff that Kurt's interested in yeah. and that the guys may not necessarily be, I mean, he doesn't care about sports. I mean, he was on the football team for, what, a week, and he's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm done. I'm my dad. That's good. Yeah. Um, and and you're right. It's not necessarily about being male or female. It's about you know I um, enjoy being with these people, and these are the things that I enjoy doing. Um, so I'm going to be with these people over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it 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 looks like it's about gender, and and maybe it is for for other people, but for him, it's just just like okay, they they like the same things, and yeah. So he's going to. And I never really yeah, thought why he wasn't allowed to sing with them quite honestly, because when had to ever interact with the guys. Because Will is an idiot, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I think my podcast should just be called Will is an idiot. <laughs> I feel bad, I feel like every time, it's, you know, I'm sure all the audience members are going to get sick of it, because I think in every single, um, in every single uh, <laughs> podcast that I've done, it's, there's been mention of Will just 
being bad at his job or Kurt just not having it with him and stuff like that. And I feel like if we're all, it's not just me, if all mm-hmm. of these people are seeing this one thing, at what point do we have to look and say, okay, well, you really are a not good educator. I mean, I, I, I can see that he, he's obviously important because he formed the Glee Club and it's, it's, it's his, and and he creates the space for these people to meet and and to do their thing, but he doesn't really give them the most help along the way. Like he could he could do so much more. And and I don't know, especially for Kurt, because <laughs> this uh, this uh, line that he has it's, it's almost funny because Kurt never gets a solo. He doesn't get to do anything at all and then he dresses differently and sings a Mellencamp song and, 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 and she was like but you can do stuff that no one else can do I mean okay. well and the fact that Sue actually has him you know not only perform in front of the school during four minutes but has him as a lead singing Celine Dion for 20 yeah. minutes um, in his national in their nationals and they win nationals and because she's giving him that chance because she knows that he can do it and he still doesn't get a line in any of the the group numbers um or he he does not sing i believe i don't believe that he does has a line in an actual competition number until season three in a competition number no i don't think so and it's it's really funny because um i mean sue is always trying to destroy the goodie club but i don't know (laughs) yeah Kurt can perform Yep. <laughs> Viva la France. <laughs> Whatever that line is in the talk. <laughs> oh boy. Um so yeah. Um okay, so my last topic I kinda wanted to talk about was curtain music. Mm-hmm. And um he doesn't sing a whole lot, um, but I think that he, his major solo works are Defying Gravity. A House is Not a Home, and Rose's Turn. And then his other big number is Four Minutes, and then, of course, Bad yeah. Romance. And, um, oh, before we get into that, let's talk really quick about, because I didn't mention it in funk, and I, I wanted to, um, Give Up the Funk, and the use oh, of Chris's ridiculous low... Re- I don't know if they altered it, because you can do that. You can just, like, drop yeah. it down an octave sound but editing, they, or if it really... Can he sing that low? I um, have no idea. Kind of I don't know. Somebody who has listened to those early interviews need to, like, weigh in and, and let us know. But that always cracks me because it doesn't... I, I'm like, if you really, really listen closely, you can hear it's his same inflection. Yeah. Um, but, um, but anyway, um, yeah, it, he, I really love Kurt's um, musical numbers in this yeah. season, um, even though there's very few of them. And I think the cool thing, like, if you get Rachel, for example, she does... Um, I feel bad because I'm not really begging on Rachel, but um, she has like 20 different solos and they're all kind of the same. She kind of stands there and uh, emotes in the same way. And um, and, I mean, they're very nice. She's very, very talented. Um, But her, every time you get something that he sings, it's very, you know, emotional. There's something, you know, we learn a lot through his character, through his songs. And I think that's very special. It is, yes. And and in, uh, he has like what f- four solos, three four. Yeah, Defying Gravity, A House Is Not a Home, Rose's Turn. Um, oh no, just three. Oh, just three. Oh, I thought it was more, but yeah, okay. 
There's yeah, four minutes is a big number and bad romance. And then he's got um lines um in in like a prayer and give up funk and like in the cut version or the long version of Don't Stop Believing he's got a line. Yeah. But I mean it's just there's just lines in these other ones, but um, bad romance and four minutes or the other. Wow, I didn't realize how little he sings in this season. Yes, really not all. Uh, but his line in in like a prayer is like the best thing ever. But um, yeah, I, I like I like the songs he does sing, and um, especially Rose's turn. I think because it's very. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it it fits very well with the with the episode, but um, yeah. I can definitely see why they gave him more in in, in, in the following seasons. And it's um, kind of interesting to see. He sings all of these songs by um, uh, diva yeah. singers, really. Um, and he, he owns them. I think the, 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 the cool thing about Kurt music numbers is, especially in the first season... Um, he, he shows so much emotion and so and he just has a story told on his face or through his performances. I mean, Rose's turn, it starts out so angry yeah. and then it just kind of goes into this confidence. And A House is Not a Home is so just heartbreakingly sensual in, in a lot of ways and and um, uh, and it, it's desperation for wanting to be loved and held and, and whatnot. And then, you know, Defying Gravity just you know, being about this kid who's who's gonna take this leap of faith and and go out and try things and and um, you know Kurt just can sell the, these you know individual solos so well and it just it's one thing that I really really love about the character. Yeah, definitely. It's also one reason I I never really got why he didn't get to do more in season one because every time he does sing, it's really really amazing and. Yeah, there's really just three solos. That's just nothing. Yeah, and you know, and then there's four minutes, which with Mercedes, and and they both kind of own that song. They're just both so amazing in that song. And then of course the uh, Bad Romance, which is definitely a group ensemble. But Kurt is in in Kurt's in his lower register there a little bit, mm-hmm. but he blends in so well with those girls. It's a shame that he never really got to sing more with the, you know, he could have done the girl songs yeah. together. I mean, any time that the guys did a song, I think it, maybe it was just that one time, or you know, twice, uh, uh, Justin, um, Vitamin D, he, you can't hear his vocals on it. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, yeah, he's just lip syncing in that. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's cool. And Will really just doesn't know how to use people's voices. And I wonder if, in to an extent, um, well, two things. Um, the first is that I wonder if the writers didn't really know what to do with Kurt's voice yet. They're still trying to experiment. And they definitely knew that he could sing girls on. Mm-hmm. But uh, they weren't sure exactly how to incorporate him into the group numbers. Um, at the same time, I think that everyone, except for Finn and Rachel, who get the abundance of the song. I think everyone was a little bit more equal yeah. in the music distribution, so that could be it too. Yeah, I think so. And I think season one was still meant to be very much uh, the Pinchel storyline, and and they got to tell the story with with their songs, and everyone else got like a solo here and there. And right, um, um. I think that that uh, everyone else just got their own 
own stories or storylines throughout the entire season. I think that wasn't until season two. I mean, Kurt has several smaller storylines in season one, but nothing that would really give him an excuse to sing every five minutes. Hmm. I, I am glad. It seems like he, he gets something when, un, unlike season six, <laughs> um, gets something to highlight his storyline. I think, you know, Defying Gravity kind of plays into this competitiveness that he has with Rachel and, and the start of their, you know, um, um, their friendship but their rivalry as well. And then A House is Not a Home really plays on, you know, his relationship with Bert and with Finn and trying to find his place within these two relationships. And then Rose's turn is about him and being himself and, you know, and then, of course, um, with Bad Romance kind of being the cap on that yeah. of, hey, I'm here, this is, you know, well, I mean, granted, the song says something completely <laughs> different, but the, the his performance of it being, you know, I am the strange freak kid and I'm going to own that. Yeah, exactly. And so. how does he dance in those shoes? I really just... Oh, I know. I mean, obviously, he still had his legs afterwards, but I'm not quite sure how... <laughs> How did he not break his ankle? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Looks impossible, but kind of cool. cool. Um, um, anything else you kind of wanted to mention before we kind of like end on a maybe favorite moments type thing? I don't think so. Anything in your notes that we missed going over? Or? Just looking through my notes. No, I think we covered pretty much all of it. Cool. All right, so um, did you have any uh, favorite um, Kurt moments in season one that you, you just want to, like, highlights for you that you thought were things that were your favorite things to latch on to? I mean, definitely Rose's turn, because it's just spectacular, and and it's also really uh, kind of predicting the future already, where he thinks uh, it's going to be my turn. I mean, yeah, it is. In the later seasons, definitely his turn. Um, um, I know I just threw you on the spot. That's nice of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every every single current moment in season one is a favorite. I think because there aren't that many. Yeah. Yep. I I um, Rose's turn is definitely one of mine. Um, that that moment, which I, it's so heartbreaking, but that moment when he's standing outside the window in home. Yeah. Um just a favorite acting moment of mine. Um, uh, little small moment, one of my favorite moments ever, is um, when he puts on his sunglasses during Vitamin D when the girls are singing Halo. They're so bright. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just the, the uh, just essential, like, this is what Kurt's doing in the background that, that makes him pull focus so much, is that he's doing these little things that are so funny. Yeah, he has a lot of background moments. Um, there's a, a little moment in theatricality, too, at the very end, where um, Finn and Kurt have made up, and they're walking down the, the um, hallway, and Finn goes out to reach to, like, hug or pat Kurt's shoulder, and Kurt's like, no, don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch the costume. I'm like, oh, like, Kurt still being Kurt. Yeah. Oh. That's, I think that's really what makes him stand out so much, that he's, he's just, he's Kurt, like, all the time. Yeah. Yep, I, I, I think that's one of the, the, the cool things about the character in general, that 
you know, even through trying to figure out who he is and trying to understand himself better, he kind of doesn't change just his basic personality is kind of the way it is. I mean, he, he can be standoffish, he can be shielded, but um, he's very funny and yeah. a good kid. He is, and, and he's awkward. I like his awkward moments so yeah. much. I, usually so I don't awkward. really like secondhand embarrassment, but when it's Kurt, it's kind of okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've gotten to the point, because the first time I watched this, I, I did watch the second half of season one live, I couldn't, oh gosh, I just kept cringing at things, like, yeah. and stuff with Finn, I just was like, oh my god, stop, um, but now, it just, it's endearing, I can kind of see it, now, you know, I, like, oh, baby hurts, <laughs> that kind of thing, so. I, I don't even know when I started watching, I think it was, like, uh, three episodes in, and then I started watching, yeah, I watched pretty much the entire season one live, and having to wait for those episodes was not very nice sometimes, but no. now uh, um, knowing where it's all going, it's yeah, I can handle it. Well, and that just to to cap it all off, looking forward, I think Kurt is one of the most consistently written characters on the yeah. show. Uh, unfortunately, thinking about like Tina, yeah. uh, the writers kind of just go everywhere, but Kurt kind of stays. You know, kind of stays the the same personality, and and I like I like that about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, he grows and 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 he learns stuff, but it's all very, very, very. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, as opposed to you know, Tina is the best example. To the contrary, I mean, Tina is tragic, really. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for for talking with me about um, all of Kurt and season one, and it's been a lot of yeah, fun. It was fun. Sometimes I think what I need is a UN.